This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, back to you with Joey uh, from you know the Fantasy Football Analyst on Instagram. Uh, we're gonna go over all the matchups today. What's you know good matchups, bad matchups. Kind of go through all the backfields as well uh, for you this week, um, so you can kind of get a better idea of you know who you want to start. Make a better make better sense of those lineup decisions. Yeah, we've got some special stuff coming up. We got some good RB snaps, splits, and uh, shares there. Some target shares. So definitely a lot of stuff to tune in. So um, let's get into a little bit of news. So Leonard Fournette, he's not practicing today. Today's Thursday. Um, they said that they were going to test out the hamstring on Friday. Um, you know, hope you have TJ Yeldon. You know, if you're a Fournette owner, but. Doug Marone today did say he wanted to get Corey Grant more involved. Yeah, and I mean, they've been saying that for years, that they want to get this guy involved. And I'm honestly confused why they don't. I mean, it seems like every time this guy touches the ball, it's a 20-yard gain, it's a touchdown, it's a kick return. So we've seen him in preseason throughout the years have really big games. And I, I, they need to get this guy the ball more. I yeah. think he's a much very capable pass-catching back, if anything. He reminds me of Austin Eckler a little bit. Yeah. Like super efficient, small dudes. Yes. And, you know, we, last season when Fournette didn't play, you know, we thought it was going to be like all Ivory or something like that. But it ended up being a timeshare between Ivory and Yeldon. You know, do you think that can be the case this week? I think there's uh, – whenever a coach says something, kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, but – I think what you can get, if anything, from what Marone said about Grant is that he likes him, and if Fournette were to miss time, that he would see more. Work. It wouldn't just be Yeldon out there, right? Because it sounds more like anything he was kind of disappointed with Yeldon rather than uh, high on Grant, right? And, and, and Yeldon does look good this year. He looks a lot better uh, mm-hmm. than he did in the past um, when Fournette went out of the game last week. Grant hardly played. Um, you yeah. know, and you know, that's an in-game adjustment, right? So like not sure how much I would expect them to make the right adjustment or what the adjustment that they want to make if they had a full week of prep uh, to think about it. Um, so, you know, Yeldon pretty much all got all the touches. You know who Grant reminds me of? Kind of reminds me of Tariq Cohen. So uh, the snap, we'll, we'll get into the snaps later, but I'll end it with this, that Cohen's kind of like a gadget player. He's on the field when you have specific plays laid out for him. I think they can do something like that with Grant. Okay, so um, let's mo- moving on. Aaron Rodgers, he's apparently getting better day by day. He's sore. He hasn't committed to playing against the Vikings yet. He still yet. hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced. He doesn't need practice, though. Yeah. But, I mean, talking about practice. Um, <laughs> now, I don't think they want Deshaun Kaiser to be out there, so I think that's going to play into it a little bit, whether he plays or not. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going against the Vikings. You're going to need Aaron Rodgers there if you want to have any chance of winning. I'll take an Aaron Rodgers with no legs. And over Deshaun Kaiser, I'm actually I'm kind of surprised that they traded away Brett Hundley. 
for a six-round pick, to be honest. You know, like well, maybe I they like th- Kaiser. I think everybody's kind of giving up on Kaiser a little too early. Uh, he was kind of thrown into the fire in Cleveland with he just not a good situation. 100% to, agree. And I think to, it was a good good mm-hmm. pickup by the Packers to take this guy and let him develop. Yeah, like I don't think he's ready now, and I don't think he's the future of the Packers. Which but, is why I thought, like, why are you getting rid of Hundley? Yeah, like why trade for Kaiser if you have someone else who's not going to also be I the mean, future? he's, you know, Hundley knows the system, you know, mm-hmm. and... For a six-round pick, I mean, I, I thought that maybe they could have... I think more so they him. just... Uh, the way Hunley worked the offense last year, they didn't like. Kaiser was kind of forced into a leadership role, and he did okay as a leader. Obviously, he made him a lot of mistakes, especially when he got near the goal line. But I think they saw if they can refine that, then he could be a better backup in case Aaron Rodgers does miss time. Um, so, a uh, notification actually just popped up on my phone. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won't practice again today. This is Thursday, September 13th. And head coach Mike McCarthy said that... Ooh, no, he said that this is no layup. He said of his QB decision. So, I'm not sure if I'm understanding that correctly. This is no layup? I guess that means that it's not it a given. has no effect? I guess it means it's not a given that Aaron Rodgers will play. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's not an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I do think he's going to play. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, so Devonta Adams, he himself was limited today in practice with that shoulder injury. Yeah. He didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday, but he's back to a limited, which is a, a, a better sign for him uh, to play this week. Uh, I would monitor that. You know, we would like to see him get a full practice in. Uh, but anyway, tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes. Probably going to follow him. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackson, he said that they're going to get Josh Moore, Gordon more involved, get him more targets. Uh, but savior of the game, <laughs> but Tyrod Taylor, he's still your quarterback, so that's going to be tough to do. I, I do see Gordon as a little bit of a buy low candidate right now. If he doesn't do well this week, I don't expect him to. Um, if Tyrod's going to keep looking um, in the way of um, Jarvis Landry. Landry and Joku, and I, so, I just I, 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 I would look at him after this week if he doesn't do well. Baker Mayfield's going to come in soon, and he can make multiple guys relevant. Um, so I, I think Gordon will be relevant after that point. When I look at if you're, let's say if it's a tough matchup for for the wide receivers, right? And I'm looking between Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon. First of all, I'm looking at if it's PPR or standard, because you know Landry's going to have that edge in PPR, and Josh Gordon's going to have that edge in standard only because of his big playability. And, you know, he's, he's really good in the red zone. He's great contested catches. So I think... In a close matchup, I do like Gordon better because he can take advantage of those matchups. And the, although there is a trust with Landry and Tyrod, Josh Gordon is just, you can't beat him. He's a playmaker, right? He'll find a way to get open. He'll find a way to jump up and catch that ball. He's reliable. We saw he saved the game for the Browns just playing, I think it was like, he was on the field like once. No, uh, no, he was on the field all game I mean, long. he was on the field, but I mean, as far as like his he, only he caught, target. He, caught, he had three targets in the game. Three targets. And he caught one pass for that touchdown. What? He was on the field for 80% of the snaps when we really? thought he was going to get only 20 snaps in that game. That's good. Yeah, really good. All right, yeah, I should start looking into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, in this game, he's probably going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, most likely. Um, and Jordan And Gordon was getting open in that game. Um, if you watch that game, he was getting open. If you watch the All-22 film, he's getting open. He, he was fine. Um, it's really about where Landry's looking. And I've been saying this. Tyra. Landry doesn't... I'm sorry, Tyra. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Landry. Didn't he's throwing a pass. Didn't he throw a pass last year? Landry? 
Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe the year before. I, I, I remember him I'd rather Landry pass. play quarterback than Tyrod. Yeah. Uh, but but Tyrod's going to look at Landry. He might look at Njoku, and then he's going to run if they're not open. Um, and he's not going to get through his progressions, unfortunately. So it, that's my concern with him. And anyway, tough matchup with Marshall Lattimore. If, yeah. And that's why I think that this is a good buying opportunity after week two if he doesn't perform. Um, did you have any other news to talk about? There were a couple like minor injuries that you know some players were limited on Wednesday or didn't practice. Corey Davis is dealing with a hamstring yeah, strain, and I, I wouldn't worry too much about yeah, that. Yeah, it seems minor. He had some hamstring issues last year. He did, but um, he he seemed to play fine during the game, and I don't think it's anything that's going to hinder him. Right, and throughout the season, just like I wouldn't uh, you know go too crazy if one of your players is not practicing or limited on Wednesdays, just because uh, that's kind of a rest day a lot of times. Uh, so now I, what I would do is like I would make sure that they're practicing on Thursday and Friday. Those are the more important days. So one more thing, actually, is that Goodwin is questionable against the Lions. Um, likely to uh, line up against Slay. But, I mean, it worked out for Robbie. We don't, we don't know what that defense is going to be. We don't know if that was just an outlier, a bad game, or if this is just a bad year for the Lions. So Goodwin's questionable. And one thing that... Shanahan said is that if Goodwin's out, we can expect Dante Pettis to have a larger, like a large role. For sure. And he did have a large role last week after Goodwin got hurt. Um, Dante Pettis lined up on where Goodwin lines up, usually on the left side of the Mm -hmm. field. um, And and that's where he did. And he caught that long touchdown. He's a good player. Um, If you watch it, he's fast. He has good body control. He he has good hands. He's a really good player. If he gets opportunity, um, he can do well. Um, so you and know, I think I, either way, this is just more so bad news for Pierre Garçon. I, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I don't even like Pierre Garçon that much more in this game. And I do think, so Slay will like, so Slay actually didn't shadow Anderson as much as I thought he would last week. He actually mm-hmm. played his side. Um, for, he's on the left side or the right for side? For the most part. He's on his left side, on the offense's right side. Gotcha. I um, mean, he played... Actually, Slay didn't move once to the left side, so he didn't shadow Anderson when he went to that left side. Slay played around 80% of the time on the right side, so that's where Pierre Garçon plays most of the time. Um, and I think even if we do see Goodwin in the game, we've seen him beat guys like Darrell Revis because of his speed. Um and they could definitely move him around. I mean, if they see Slay staying on one side, they'll move exactly. Goodwin to the other side. So exactly, I'm not I'm not worried about that matchup. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the matchups. Um, is, I'm gonna go through. Let's go through the wide receivers first. Um, sure. Kind of go through like to see who has good matchups here. So Allen Robinson was the first guy I wanted to talk about, and I mentioned him last week. And they pretty much they opened up the gate pretty well with Allen Robinson. He had a couple nice catches, um, but game script kind of like dictated that they didn't have to throw the ball as much anymore. Um, they should have yep. <laughs> because they because they ended up losing that game. They shouldn't have got too conservative. They opened up the game great with their play calling. But um, this week, so um, Denver last week actually played Emmanuel Sanders on the outside a bit more to take advantage of the coverage there. Um, and they absolutely torched the right side of that Seattle D where Trey Flowers lines up. So not to worry about Shaq Griffin either on the other side, honestly. Robinson should be able to take advantage of that, you know, how much he moves around the formation. Um, he played on Trey Flowers' side for most of his snaps last week, so that's a really good thing. Um, Trey Flowers, like that side of the field, they give up the most fantasy points um, to any wide receiver lining up on that side wow. of the field last week. So uh, I like Allen Robinson uh, this week in, in, in a game that should be pretty close, um, and, and I think that um, the the Bears, you know, defense should hold up pretty well, but at the same time, it'll be close, so they're gonna have to throw the ball. 
Yeah, good good matchup for Allen Robinson this week. I think that Seattle defense is definitely a lot different from the last few years. Um, Allen Robinson did see seven targets last year. I expect that to go up even. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit ten targets. Um, it's going to be a closer game against Seattle. Russell Wilson finds a way to get it done, whether it's Will Disley or <laughs> Jerron Brown or whatever the case may be. He's going to find a way to get it done. It's going to be a closer game, and so they're going to keep throwing the ball. It's not going to be a situation where – Jordan Howard's going to run out the clock the whole entire game, although I think he will obviously get his share. But expect a lot of passes and Allen Robinson to be the main recipient. Right. Uh, Jarvis Landry. So, like I mentioned before, Josh Gordon, he's going to be potentially shadowed by uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Tyrod, he just isn't going his way anyway um, with how much he was on the field last week. The Saints gave up a ton to the Bucks last week, even against the slot. Um, with Patrick Robinson, who's a good nickel corner. He's probably one of the best nickel corners in the league. Um, he was on the 49ers last week, for, and they hardly gave up any points against slot receivers. Um, but that can change this week um, with Tyrod like locked in on Landry um, in a probable negative game script with the Saints going up at home. I think Landry should be fine, even though it's a little bit of a tough matchup. They'll move him around enough where Tyrod's locked in on him, negative game script, he'll be fine. Yeah, I like what you said about how Tyrod's locked in on him because they do have this really good connection between the two of them. And no matter what the case may be, even if they're down by a lot, they're going to find a way to get him the ball and they're going to get Landry involved because he's he's a big part of the team. He's the voice of the team and he's the way they get their... How do I say this? He's how they get up the field. Sure. So I definitely They go think, through him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see Landry involved no matter what. He's. I think he's borderline matchup proof i mean we have yet to see with other matchups and how josh gordon's involved but it's looking good for landry right now i i like landry and if he has another big game this week um and if tyrod taylor doesn't have a good game this week which is very possible i would look to sell high on landry um and when, when i mean sell high wide I, receiver one wide receiver one like get something that's an upgrade for landry likely if you drafted landry it was in the fourth fifth round maybe even and can you turn that into a potential can you combine him with a i don't know Corey davis to get a i don't know michael thomas something like that for somebody who doesn't get have depth wide receiver depth in their team who's seen what landry has done every single week or maybe even points i I think someone to look at even is julio right so we're gonna look at this week julio has a matchup against the panthers he owns the panthers right i think the there's nobody in that secondary ago, who can stop him. Yeah, he had over 250 receiving right. yards a year or two ago against Panthers. So he's going to own the Panthers. He's going to be very high priced. But Julio's going to have those down weeks, right? In and PPR, after, he'll be fine, though. Yeah, in PPR, he's still going to see the ball. But Julio has a history of some inconsistency, right. some inconsistent games. And I think that's a great buy-low opportunity if he ever hits that point, depending on yeah. who the owner is. If the yeah. owner knows the team, they'll know Julio will be good long run. But... He's someone you can definitely target. And the only reason why I say that about Landry is because the, the target share is going to him right now with yeah. Tyrod as a quarterback. And if that changes with Mayfield, the ball will be spread out. <clears throat> excuse me, the ball will be spread around a lot more. And jo- Josh Gordon is going to see the ball a ton. He can, yeah. he can. His target share can go from three, four targets a game to like 10, 11 targets a game with Mayfield because he just goes through his progressions and he'll look at Josh Gordon, who's the the best receiver on their team, the biggest playmaker on their team, they're going to get him the ball. So that's the reason why I would trade high on Landry because that change is eminent. 
I think the Browns win a game, and it kind of sets back the clock on Mayfield, right? If they so, win. If, that's what I'm saying. If, if they win a game. And are they really going to win against Well, they the have Saints, Saints this, week. this week. They have the Jets after. The Jets looked good. That's actually a Thursday night game. Is the that, is that in, in uh, New York? It's in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. Okay, I'll be. I'll be your, so I'll I think be that's tough the best possibility. And from that point on, if the Browns do win, I we could see Tyrod in the long run. If not, we could see pressure for Mayfield to start. I, I think Mayfield can come in Week Three. Like I, really? I, I really think that it can happen quicker than we think. I have a little more faith in Tyrod, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, <laughs> I, I love this transition here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, he, Cole he's, Beasley. He's going to be once again Prescott's guy. In PPR, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, if you want this, like, somewhat high floor, you know, he'll get you, like, 10, 11 points in a PPR league. If you're struggling, you're in a deep league. And, like, remember, like, this is ob- – we're obviously not going in order <laughs> right now. I'm just kind of going through the matchups. Um, so, in, in PPR, you go for it. Not, not interested in standard at all. Janoris Jenkins is on the outside. Um, so, like, I don't expect Dak Prescott to attack the outside as much. So, Cole Beasley should be the guy again. B.W. Webb in the nickel. Antonio, um, um, Dominic Wydersh-Kamardi is gone. So, I'm not worried about Beasley. I don't know if you have any input on Cole Beasley. If not, I'll move on. I. <laughs> it's hard for me to trust Cole Beasley. I mean, he's definitely, like, worth a pickup in PPR, especially. You can stash him on your bench. In a deep league. In a deeper league. And I don't even think he's a stash. He's like, I don't have that much depth at receiver. Mm-hmm. I need to play somebody. I play three wide receivers in a flex. I can throw them in my flex and get me 10 to 12 points in PPR. Even in a half point, I'm not interested. My only worry is as the season progresses, if Gallup sees a bigger role, Hearn steps up, William, we have five guys potentially no, 100%. that could step up. I mean, Deontay Thompson saw five targets. We know that Cole Beasley is Prescott's guy right now. Yes. Um, also, Gallup, he's fourth on the team right now mm-hmm. um, in how many uh, routes that he ran as yeah. far as wide receivers go. So he's a little bit of a ways a little bit of ways out. Um, so right now, Beasley's the guy for the next couple games. Nothing more than that. Um, if you and if you're not starting him this week, don't pick him up. Like there's no reason why he should be on your bench unless you're in like a 14 team league. Um, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, um, they didn't play Dominique Rogers Camardi in the slot last week. Um, he had some limited action. I think he had like 25 snaps or something like that. Um, he only played out wide. With the Giants, he was their slot corner. Um, and before the Giants, he was playing out wide. He's capable of it. Um, and I always wondered why the Giants weren't playing DRC on the outside um, instead of Eli Apple. I never understood that because Eli Apple sucked. Um, but uh, Leon Hall, he should see Sanders most of the time. Um, Garyon Conley. Um, so isn't this another big day in the books for Sanders um, and DT? Yeah, we we saw um, Case support Thielen, and we saw him support Diggs last year. I think we're looking at a similar situation this year with Sanders and Demarius Thomas. I actually think um, desperate play, Cortland Sutton. He had how many targets did he have last game? Do you have that? He had like three targets. Yeah, he had three targets. Not too many, but at the same time. He also didn't play a full complement of snaps. He played. So he had five five targets. Five targets, okay. That's a little bit more. And let's see his snap percentage. I'm just curious. So he had he played 59 percent of the snaps. Yeah. Which is pretty good. And when you look at the tight end position, not too much going on there. I mean, I do like Jake Butt, but but (laughs) 
don't know if Case Keenum does. So we could see potentially Cortland Sutton making a name for himself in the red zone. Um, Keenum does not like the butt. No. Not yet. Not a butt guy. He's not a butt guy. All right. But we know that you're a butt guy. So, anyway. <laughs> Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, he's most likely going to be on Galladay most of the time based on how much, you know, how they lined up last week. Galladay lined up on that right side of the field Doesn't most of the time. Sh- oh, yeah, the side. Yeah. Uh, Sherman's going to play a side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we saw Sherman play a side last week as well. Um, now, Sherman, he did a pretty good job on digs last week. Um, the other side of the secondary wasn't as good, particularly in the slot. Um, Thielen was able to do his thing last week. The Lions defense sucks. Uh, so, so the Lions defense sucks, right? So they're going to have to continue to sling it, just like we saw last week, um, even against the 49ers. I think the 49ers can do well at home. Um, they're going to take advantage, and they're going to have to keep throwing it. So Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are both um, in the books. I wouldn't be discouraged if you're a Marvin Jones guy and you have, you know, you saw Kenny Gallagher get all the targets. Um, this week it might be a little bit of a role reversal because of Richard Sherman. And I think that's going to be a trend throughout the season. We're going to see a flip-flop based on matchup and based on what you said, who's the corner, who's covering who. So this is going to be a flip-flop between three receivers. Um, Eric Ebron quietly had a decent season last year. And Kenny Galladay seems to have taken his role, not really worried about Luke Wilson or exactly. Toy Lolo. Or... And there were targets left mm-hmm. to go around after Ebron left. So it makes sense that, you know, with TJ Jones not getting as much run, um, there's going to be some targets left over. Especially if the, like you said, if the Detroit defense is something that has taken a step back this year and it becomes a trend, then we could see all three of these guys being very relevant. I would call it a step back after what we saw. <laughs> if yeah. What we saw in week one, ooh, that was brutal. Um, Sam Darnold. Goodness, Sam Darnold lit him up. Uh, Randall Cobb, first of all, I'm a Jets fan, and I'm super excited about Sam Darnold. I mean, That's the way – so after he threw that pick six, I texted my cousin, who's also a big Jets fan, and I was like, hey, this is what Sam Darnold is. He'll make a mistake, but then he'll come back from that mistake like a 10-year veteran. And that's, a, and that's what Tyson was like, let's go. Let's see what he does. And he did exactly that. Um, he came back like he didn't throw a pick six. His first throw in the NFL on the road on a Monday night was a pick six. Not you know what I think fl- really helps him too? Flustered. I love that they, have jo- they kept Josh McCown around. He is the guy. He's great backup quarterback. He's so capable if someone were to go down. Totally agree. He's helping the rookies so much and he's just he's like the heart of the team. They basically signed him to like what was it, a fifteen million dollar contract to mm-hmm. be Darnold's man. Like the grandpa. The grandpa, basically. And like I think uh, uh I think his son or no his daughter is like the same age as, as Darnold, which is crazy. Wow. Um so my barber actually cuts both of their hairs. Like he oh, cut- Corey Davis just said he's fine. Corey Davis said he's fine. See, yeah, guys, just got so alert. Wednesday, he's fine, Wednesday practice, don't worry about it too much. Um, but so my barber cuts both of their hairs, which is super interesting. It's just like a little fun fact. Really? Yeah. Josh McCown and Sam Norman? I'm getting my haircut tomorrow from him. Wow. Yeah, he goes to the facility, cuts their hair, and, which is really funny because like there's so many memes about them like slicking their hair back. Yeah. And all Do that they kind get of the stuff. same haircut? So every they get, no, they don't get the same haircut. Okay. Uh, but because like you know they have different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Sam, Josh McCown literally told him I was like, hey, this is the guy you should get your haircut from. Um, fun fact. I mean, the reason why it's relevant, it's not fantasy relevant. Do they have lice? They. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. But. Um, I'm, I'm trying to meet them, though. I'm trying to, like... He, he, trying to schedule he, your appointment. My barber is literally, like, two minutes from here. Like, he's in Cranford, New Jersey. So he drives up to the 
what is it? He, he drives he up, up, to, to the facility? up to the facility. Yep. Um, apparently, that's in Florham Park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. not too far. That's not too far from here. Not at all. Yeah. No. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison. Uh, Who's their barbers? Going. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, not in New Jersey. That's for okay, sure. Yeah. Um, they're going up against the Vikings this week. Tough matchup, uh, especially for Devontae Adams, who's probably going to be dealing shadowed. With injury. Dealing with injury, going to be shadowed by you know by Xavier Rhodes. So there can be some extra targets for both of these guys. Um, if Trey Waynes can't go, who's, he's also hurt. He left that game. Um, rookie Mike Hughes, who had that pick six last week, uh, he might have to go to the outside uh, with either Mackenzie Alexander in the nickel. Uh, Hughes did open up the game. The, the rookie did open the, up the game in the nickel last week. But um, they played um, a safety, Jerron Curse, in the nickel when he moved to the outside. So... You know, Mike Zimmer said that Hughes is more comfortable on the outside than in the slot, and that's what it seemed like. But either way, it should be fine for Allison and Cobb at home, especially if Xavier Rhodes is busy on the other side. Yeah. Um, plus, if Rodgers plays and he's a little hobbled, they're going to play out of the shotgun. They're going to uh, depend on that quick passing game, and Randall Cobb is going to probably get another 11, 10, 11 targets. I think I think this is going to be a 300, 350-yard passing game for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they run the ball too much. They didn't have much success doing that last week. Um, another tough matchup for the running backs. I'm sure we'll see Rodgers sling it out a whole bunch. At home. Yeah, at home. And someone else who could also, also take on a bigger role is Jimmy Graham. He had a quiet week last week, but he creates some mismatches. And especially if you have all these threats and Graham, Cobb, Allison now, and uh, Adams on the outside, we can see Graham get some work down the middle. And, you know, they also didn't see too many red zone opportunities last week. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to be a little bit patient with Jimmy He's Graham. either long bombs or... Yeah, we, just... have to, we, we have to be a little bit patient with him. Yeah. See a little bit more how they use him in the red zone because that's what he is. He's going to be a red zone guy. Um, PPR leagues, you might not be too happy with his production, but he's going to get touchdowns. Okay, moving on. Uh, moving on to the Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams. He only played on fifty-four percent of snaps last week, but he out-targeted Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin. Who I'm expecting out- that to increase. We're going to see a little more Definitely. Mike Williams. He, but even with fifty-four percent of snaps, he caught five of his targets for eighty-one yards. Um, and we can, like you said, we can see his snaps increase. Um, he has that potential use in the red zone, right? We, we're thinking he's a red zone guy, but he caught five for 81, which is pretty damn good. It's um, something we noticed about the game. In, I was watching the KC Chargers game, and the announcers were, were right for a big part. Is like Philip Rivers' receivers are kind of letting him down. Travis Benjamin and Tyra Williams kept dropping passes. They couldn't get open. And Williams was really – Williams and Allen, obviously. Was reliable. But um, they were reliable options. So – Mike Williams will definitely see a step up, and I'm expecting that to continue. He's going to win over that wide receiver two spot over Tyrell Williams. We're going to see Williams, Tyrell Williams, keep getting confused. Tyrell Williams take a back seat. Another thing also is that Melvin Gordon actually led the Chargers in receiving yards over Keenan Allen. It was like a yard or two difference. But the fact of the matter is that I wouldn't overreact in Austin Eckler. Um, a lot of people seem to pick him up. I think Melvin Gordon has a stable uh, role in the passing game. Eckler was just like it was. It was a 400-yard game for Rivers, and that's not something we're going to see every single week. I think that was a career high for Melvin Gordon as far as his receiving yards. Go. Yeah. So. Just that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Mike Williams is a decent flex play um, against the Bills defense. Uh, you know, he, when he's not lined up against Tre'Davious White. 
which he shouldn't be 50% of the time. He split last week on the outside, you know, 50% of the time on each side. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that matchup at all. Um, Cooper Cup. So Buddha Baker um, on, the, on the Cardinals, he's playing yeah, that Tyron uh, Matthew role. Tyron. <laughs> Tyron. Tyron. Tyron Matthew. Tyron. Tyron Matthew. Sorry. I'm bugging out right now. Uh, Tyron Matthew role. Uh, but uh, Baker isn't as good in coverage. Like we saw the Honey Badger, he got better as his career progressed in coverage. But Buda Baker isn't there yet. Um, so Cup, he could, should continue to play well this week. Robert Woods is probably going to see the most of Patrick Pat- Patrick Peterson. Now, Peterson said that he's not going to shadow anymore. Um, so we'll see what happens. He's probably, yeah. probably going to stay on his side. Um, I think last week he stayed on his side the entire time, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Uh, no, Patrick Peterson did move around a bit. Um, who did the Cardinals play last week? Redskins. They played the Redskins. So there's no way to shadow there. Yes. Um, so he, but he did move around, shadow which Chris is interesting. Um, that, that, that's going to be interesting. But either way, um, if he does play on that right side, uh, Robert Woods is going to see a lot of him. And he plays on the outside. So I'm not worried about Cooper Cup there. Um, so I think Cup, Cooks, you know, we should see a little bit of an increase in targets there. Um, but I'm looking at it now. Patrick Peterson did move around a little bit, so he could see a little bit more Cooks too. Either way, Cup is probably a play. Okay. Uh, Devin... got a nice close-up on you for oh, my you? Instagram. Oh. Yeah. Probably can't hear anything because my phone is bad, but <laughs> uh, you'll see it. Devin Funchess is a name that we got to start talking about a little bit. Um, Especially with Olsen. Exactly, and that's why I bring him up. With Olsen, with... can I bring something up about sure. Olsen? He's pissing me off. <laughs> He's pissing yeah, you refracture your foot, but and rather than letting it heal and actually have time left in your career, what you're going to do is, nah, I'll deal with it for two or three weeks, I'll get back in there, and then I'll have surgery after the season's over. Well, you know what, he's, he's a player. This is his like, last year. Yeah, and I admire the fact that he wants to be on the field, but you're not only hurting yourself, but you're, are, you, are you hitting the team at You're that hurting point? fantasy players. You're hurting fantasy players. you got to keep them on your bench. You're hurting fantasy players, <laughs> but you're also hurting the team. I mean, if he's playing with a fractured foot, he can't run. He's going to catch the ball, but give Ian Thomas a chance. Right. Let him see what he can do in that bigger role the next right. few weeks. And I, I know he wants to be, he wants to be in the game, but even if you have to sit out, like take more than a couple weeks. Right. right? And, and honestly, I think he will. I think the pain is going to be too much to handle for him. I mean, the screws are still in place. In that foot, that's good. Uh, yeah, I don't think the screws loosen um, in, in, in when you have those plays. But I just I, I feel like he should definitely take a little bit more time um, if he needs it. It seems like from from all the injury experts, quote unquote experts I've I've read on, he should probably take more time than a couple of weeks, and that that will probably happen. I think he said a couple of weeks, but I think it'll be more time. Um, this week, I don't think Devin Funches is going to see too much of uh, Desmond Trufant, who plays the other side on the right side of where uh, Funches usually lines up. So I think Funches has a decent matchup this week. Okay, uh, moving on to Chris Hogan. Um, now, Chris Hogan actually lined up a ton in the slot last week. And if that continues, he can actually avoid both Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye this week. Ramsey, he usually follows a top wide receiver into the slot, but only if that wide receiver plays primarily on the outside. I don't think we can expect Dorsett to do what he did last week because uh, he's going to see Bouye. He's going to see Ramsey, depending on where he is on the outside, and that's where he primarily plays. So Hogan is a guy that 
he might play in the slot again, and he could bounce back against the Jags this week. And Hogan had Aaron Colvin last year. Oh, I mean, last year. Last, last week, week, he did have Aaron Colvin, which is he's a great slot corner. We didn't expect Hogan to line up in the slot as much as he yeah. did. Um, so that's one of the reasons why he shit the bed. Okay, uh, Ted Ginn, he actually lined up in the slot more than any other Saints wide receiver last week. Um, Michael Thomas lined up a bunch as well. Um, we saw what Juju was able to do last week against Cleveland. The Saints, they're going to look to rebound this week. They're pissed. Um, Ginn is clearly their second wide receiver behind Michael Thomas right now. Cameron Meredith, um, he's coming along slowly. He wasn't even active for that game. So I think Ted Ginn, uh, I, I think he was on the injury report. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, but just to monitor that, but I think he's an okay start this week. Update just popped up. Devontae Freeman did not practice today. Yeah. If it's if it's the Tevin Coleman show, we're looking at RB1 numbers. Yes. And out there. this knee injury for Devontae Freeman is, is concerning me because it's the same knee that he sprained his MCL and PCL last year. Um, an MCL can recover, but a PCL doesn't always recover the way that you want it to. What about the LCL? What's the LCL? It's another one. It is? It's a tendon. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, the PCL is a, a ligament, according to uh, Stefania Bell, ESPN Stefania Bell. She mm-hmm. said that, I was listening to her yesterday, and she said that it's not something that heals properly. Um, and if this is, a, and this is the same knee that he messed up last year. So if I'm a Freeman owner right now, I'm looking to sell a little bit, honestly. Um, no, I didn't take anatomy in high school or college or anything like that. I think the LCL, I'm showing, mm-hmm. lifting my leg up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my LCL is on the left side. The ACL is down the middle. The MCL, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I just wanted to show off my anatomy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I honestly, like, I'm not feeling that. So, if you're a Freeman owner, you better pick up Tevin Coleman right Trade for him. Trade for him right now. Um, okay. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, again, he had such a low depth of target last week. He had like 13 catches for like 32 yards or something like that. Um, but Vernon Hargraves, you know, they're going up against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Their nickel corner, Vernon Hargraves, he's going to be out for the season. Uh, you know, Aguilar, he lined up in the slot most of the time last week. He did line up on the outside more than he did last year. Uh, but... I think he's going to feast again. Um, they gave up the most points out of the slot last week, the Bucks did. Um, now, when Aguilar line up on the outside, um, it's going to be fine because I think Brent Grimes is also dealing with a groin injury, and he's not practicing, so he might be out too. So this secondary is going to be banged up. You're just looking at a bad defense. Exactly. With their already bad players banged up. Yes. <laughs> so whoever's behind them is, is not going to be good. Um, let's talk about Tyler Lockett. Uh, so Bryce Callahan, um, he's he's the Bears' nickel corner. Um, he couldn't handle Randall Cobb last week out of the slot. Um, Lockett, he played more than 70% of his snaps in the slot after Doug Baldwin left the game last week. So I'll expect that to continue this week without uh, him in the lineup. Brandon Marshall, he's going to see a lot of Prince and Mukamara in that game. Um, he's their bigger corner. He played really well last year, um, and I like him. He's been shutting people down more than Kyle Fuller has. So, are you, let me get this clear. Are you saying Will Disley's going to have over 100 yards again? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I think that was a little fluky. Um, he, there was a lot of missed tackles on those plays. Someone uh, sent me a trade. Um, sent me a picture of a trade. It was Will Disley for Amari Cooper. Wow. Wow. I'll take Amari all day. Yeah. 
uh, even though I don't even like Amari that much this year. I told um, him, reject that. <laughs> um, so, you know, this Prince of Kamara matchup from Marshall doesn't bode too well for him. I think he should still see the targets. Um, and then, obviously, if he's in the red zone, he's going to be their guy. Uh, but if Marshall sees a little bit of Kyle Fuller, obviously he can use that height advantage. Um, and Fuller, you know, he's a good corner, but he's a liability sometimes. Um, so all they have to do is put Marshall on the right side of the field because that, that's where Fuller plays all game long. He doesn't move. Um, so that's what I would do if I was the Seahawks. But I prefer Tyler Lockett this week. What about you? Like, would you prefer Lockett or, or Baldwin? I'm sorry, or Marshall if you had to go that route? There's just an uneasy feeling about putting Marshall in my starting lineup. <laughs> in 2018. In 2018. Right. Five, five, four or five years ago? Sure, why not? But um, I need to see more of Marshall before I trust him in my starting lineup. I'd, obviously, I'd more so take Lockett because he has that built-in chemistry, and he can be that number one receiver with Doug Baldwin out. So I'll I'll take Lockett. You, you know you know Tal Lockett has never played a game without Doug Baldwin playing. Really? Yeah. Well, Doug Baldwin also hasn't missed a game since 2012. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, he was an Iron Man. Uh, even when he was banged up, he played. Um, so we just mentioned Corey Davis. He should be good to go. Uh, not worried like his about the hamstring injury. Um, so Aaron Colvin, he's the, like we said, he's the only bright spot in that Houston secondary, um, and it's probably a big reason why Chris Hogan didn't have that big day last week. So. Not worried about Kareem Jackson or Jonathan Joseph on the outside. Um, after Delaney's matchup, I mean, after Delaney's injury, like, it's going to be tough to sit Corey Davis the rest of the year because he's going to get the targets. Mariota's fine, apparently. He's going to play. Um, Mariota is questionable as far as whether he's good right now or not as far as his play. His well, if anything, talent. I think Mariota's injury means more so for Zion Lewis. Because you're going to get a lot more dump-offs. He's not going to want to scramble and run as much. So we can see Dion Lowe's benefit from that. Um, Corey Davis saw 13 targets. I don't have the list of the top targets in the league, but he he's got to be up there in the top five at least. I mean, Julio Jones had 19, and that was ridiculous. Uh, Golden Tate had 15. Corey Davis had 13. If he's, I think he's pulling it up right now. So I have a list of... The wide receivers who had the biggest share. Uh-huh. Uh, Corey Davis was, I think, like eighth on that list. He had a 34% target share last week, which is awesome. Elite target. And then share. you take out Delaney Walker. And we should conti- we should expect that to continue. That's not a number that's going down this year. With Delaney Walker out, Corey Davis' targets should be around that elite territory. Um, you know, of 10 to 15 targets a game. Yeah, and I mean, even last year, his first game coming off the hamstring injury, first game week one. 2017, he saw 10 targets. So this is something he was even doing last year. When he came off injury, first game back, he saw 10 targets. Right. So and, is, and he could have had a touchdown this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mariota was just bad ball placement. That's his problem. Ball placement yeah. is his problem. Um, and, you know, Corey Davis, they were at like the three-yard line or something like that. And, you know, he, he, was, he started in the slot. He was going to go outside. And instead of Mariota placing the ball on the outside where he could have caught it and then hit the pylon... He threw it inside, and Corey Davis had to turn around to get it, and he got tackled at the two-yard line. Yeah, I had Corey Davis starting in a couple leagues, including I had him starting in DFS. So uh, once the weather delays were over, all I see is exactly. it was watching the game, game and I'm just hoping and praying, yeah. just one more catch, <laughs> just one more catch. So um, all I saw was missed target, missed target, missed target. Like, exactly. Yeah, the catcher wasn't there for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go over a couple bad matchups. I mentioned Josh Gordon, probably shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. Mike Evans did destroy Marshawn Lattimore last week, 
but Destroyed. Gordon isn't going to see the targets, um, even though he played on 78% of the snaps last week. Uh, Devontae Adams, Xavier Rhodes might shadow him. Calvin Benjamin, um, if you have a sorry roster that you were thinking about starting Calvin Benjamin this week, don't because Casey Hayward is probably going to shadow him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton this week, um, Josh Norman and Quinton Dunbar, they form actually a pretty nice duo on the outside. Uh, Dunbar, Dunbar played really well last week. So hopefully T.Y. can take advantage of when he's in the slot. He's their number one. Um, Luck is probably going to throw it another 50 times this week. Um, and I so I expect Luck to still get his targets and, you know, he can get open. Um, so I'm not worried about him. But, you know, kind of you just got to temper your expectations a little bit when he I think a big outside. reason we saw Luck throw so much. Now, I, I saw a stat. I don't know if it's true. Or maybe if it was another team. You might have to correct me on this. But the Colts did not have a play over 20 yards. It's possible because Ryan Grant had, I think, nine catches for like 30 yards. <laughs> uh, and both Hines the tight ends had a lot a of targets. Of yep. So I think um, when you mix a bad defense who's going to not be on the field a lot because the offense is just going to destroy them, right? And then you take an offense that kind of slowly moves the ball up the field. No running game doesn't help. Jordan Wilkins didn't have that good of a game, but behind that line and whatever the case may be, it's not easy to do. Um, you look at the Redskins, they're going to have trouble getting the ball down the field. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot. You have the two corners on the outside. Um, this could be a Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron game again. Ryan it could Grant, be Naheem uh, Hines, Ryan Grant. So I'm not too worried about Hilton. I think he's going to find a way to get the ball, and he's going to have a whole bunch of targets to do so. Right. I, I mentioned Brandon Marshall and his potential matchup with Prince, Prince Mukamara. He can move around a little bit. He should see the targets. Uh, but Brandon Marshall is still Brandon Marshall. He's not the same guy. He was. He's still thirty-six, ago. or however old he is. <laughs> so it, it's tough for me to throw him in my starting lineup in a PPR. He's league, not at he Antonio Gates level yet. Right. He's not. He's not that old, right. but he's getting up there. Yeah. Um, have you seen Antonio Gates move? Oh my goodness, it's bad. <laughs> um, Jameson Crowder. Um, he didn't have the best week last week, but the Redskins didn't have to throw the ball a ton. Uh, they were up the entire game. Uh, they had good time of possession. Didn't have to do it. But uh, Nate Hairston. Uh, he was one of the best nickel cornerbacks last year. Um, he's continuing to play well. So for the Colts? I'll, for the Colts. He would, I would avoid Crowder this week because of that. Not sure if Al Smith is even looking at wide receivers right now. <laughs> he's throwing it to his backs and tight ends. Uh, but, you know, Crowder is somebody that if you have a better option, I might go in that direction. Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about running backs. Um, can I go th- let's go through all the, all the backfields a little bit. Um, let's start with Baltimore-Cincinnati tonight. Alex Collins. Um, now, Cincinnati was not great last year against the run. Um, this line this week is very close. Um, Thursday night games usually have better production line for running backs, not as good for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Baltimore's defense, they're always going to keep Collins in a good game script. Now, um, is it just me, or does it always seem like primetime games go a little slower? It's, def- like it's, it's definitely slower. It, it seems like... And on top of that, is Baltimore-Cincinnati. Exactly. So, division <laughs> matchup. Um I actually have the snaps for the snap percentages for the Baltimore game the first week. Alex Collins saw 34% of the snaps. That should definitely go up. For sure. Kenneth Dixon had 28. He's now on IR. Javoris Allen saw 38. He saw more snaps than Collins. Um, Collins also did fumble. and He was punished for it, too. He was punished for it, and that was a big part of why he came off of someone else's practice squad to start. Right? Uh, he came off of Seattle's practice squad to start for the Ravens. He had a very bad fumbling issue. 
He managed it pretty well last year, but not a good start for him. Um, the number should go up, right? I mean, oh, for sure, for sure. That and, 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 I wouldn't be too stressed. I'm out. not. And like this was a blowout. Um, so Buck Allen getting all those snaps. I'm sorry. Uh, even Kenneth Dixon getting all those snaps. Um, I think it was a result of them being up all game. Uh, so I'm not too worried about Alice Collins right now, uh, especially since Kenneth Dixon's out. You know, there's nothing really to worry about. Uh, we'll see a, a similar split like we saw last year between um, him and Buck Allen, um, which was just fine for Collins because they're always going to be in okay game scripts this year. I think Allen still takes the field on third downs. Yep. And definitely those two-minute drills. Hurry up. Yep, for sure. For sure. I mean, Collins is not a PPR back. He's, yeah. he's a standard guy. You know, if you don't have any options in PPR, then you, you have no choice. But at the same time... Now, are you looking to grab Collins? I mean, looking to grab Allen? Buck Allen? Yeah, if you're in a full PPR league, he's definitely a, a good RB4 to have in your team. You can plug him in, and he, you can depend on him for four to six catches a game. Who now, would you rather have, Austin Eckler or Joris Allen? If I want steady production every week with the potential of a touchdown, I'll go Buck Allen. But Austin Eckler provides a spark. You know, Buck mm-hmm. Allen is going to give you a 100-yard game like Eckler can. Um, would you say Austin Eckler is electric? I would say he's electric. Chargers? Electric? Ah, oh, I see what you uh, did there. Well, I, right, I did. Sorry, it. guys. I'm going to head out. <laughs> Mike drop. Just like Mike, literally drop. Yeah. Mike, get out of here. Um, but yeah, Buck Allen, I'm okay with him in PPR tonight also. Remember, they were up all game last week, and Buck Allen still caught like five or six balls. So, you know, in this game will be more competitive. He can catch you, you know, more passes than that. It sucks booking at Dixon. He's a capable three-down back. He's capable, but I, I just, he's just not as good on early downs. He's not a, a good in-between-the-tackle mm-hmm. guy. Um, throughout his career. Uh, Joe Mixon, obviously, you know, you're going to start him every week. I, I doubt you have better options. He's a workhorse back. He had one of the highest snap uh, percentages last week. And yeah, he so he had highest... 76%. Bernard had 25 So he had, they ran some two running back sets. Yeah, but... and, and, backfield, and the backfield usage um, was one of the highest in the league as well. I think Bernard uh, had one target for one catch. I think he had two touches altogether. But, but Joe Mixon... Behind James Conner, who had 100% of the running back touches, and behind mm-hmm. Zeke, who had 95% of the running back touches, Joe Mixon was up there with 92%. So he's getting the use. He's a workhorse back, um, and he's a little bit of a buy low right now because I don't think people realize um, how much he's being used. A lot of people are still shaky on him. I, I saw some, uh, some, some fantasy accounts. They were like, oh, be careful with Joe Mixon this week. Um, definitely going to have a down, like a down game. We can see Giovanni Bernard get more involved. But I don't know if that's really going to be the case. No, I, I, he looked... I, I don't think so. I, you know, and, and this, easy massive at matchup, but listen, I mean, he—you he, don't get this type of usage by accident. They drafted him to be exactly. that guy, and he's going to be that guy. Um, right now, Geo is solely a handcuff, and that's it. Okay, let's move on to the Redskins and Colts. Adrian Peterson. This could potentially be a good game script for him. They're favored at home. Indy's defense is hot garbage, uh, so I'm perfectly fine. I'm not perfectly fine with rolling him out. On any week, but this particular week, he should be fine. I mean, last year we saw games where the Cardinals game gave Peterson 30-plus carries. And it was a very similar situation. They were up big in that game, too. Adrian Peterson saw over half of the snaps. He had 53% of the snaps. Chris Thompson had 42. Rob Kelly saw 10%, but that's not something that's going to continue. Um, I think it's very game script dependent, but this is definitely a great matchup, great week to start Adrian Peterson. Uh, Marlon Mack, he might play this week, so he might either be the only guy on early downs. He can mix in with Jordan Wilkins on early downs. Um, 
Not so interested in starting either of these guys this week until I really see what the split is like in this backfield on early downs especially. But I think Naheem's, Naheem Hines, like, he seems to have a role in the pass game. And I don't think that's going to change with Marlon Mack coming back. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Mack's a pass-capable guy. Like, he, he can catch passes and... Um, but so is Jordan Wilkins. But he's not going to be a three-down guy, I don't think. Yeah, he's not going to be a three-down guy. He, Naheem Hines is a specialist. Yeah, I think... So, Naheem Hines actually lined up as a wide receiver nine times wow. last week. And the only person who lined up more as a wide receiver last week was Alvin Kamara. Um, and he had nine targets last week as well. Um, so, regardless of the split in this backfield, I think Hines' role probably won't change. Okay, um, let's move on to the Falcons and Panthers. Okay, so like we mentioned earlier, Devontae Freeman's knee isn't right. He sprained his MCL-PCL last year. It was the same knee. Telvin Coleman, he's going to be a play this week. Even if Freeman plays, um, I think he'll be not 100%, and Tevin Coleman can get a bunch of carries uh, and, and targets in this game. So it's a tough matchup, but I think Coleman's going to see those touches. Uh, if Freeman doesn't go, he's definitely a play. you got to have him in your lineup because he. we saw last year that he had like close to 20 touches per game when Freeman was out. Um, now... What do you think about about this situation? Like, are you worried about Freeman? I think if even if Freeman is limited, that we do see more of Coleman, right? So they may want to ease Freeman into the game. This is a knee injury that's been nagging him for a while, and I think either way, Coleman's a good start against the Panthers. Well, one thing about the Panthers is they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 21 games. They held Zeke to, I think it was seven under 70 yards last week. And uh, we could see that trend going. But his involvement in the passing game definitely balances out. So when we look at Christian McCaffrey, a lot of us were worried about his snaps in C.J. Anderson. We didn't know if this was going to be a shared backfield. But I can assure you by looking at the snaps, this is most definitely Christian McCaffrey's backfield. He had 85% of the snaps C.J. Anderson saw 18. He's a big part of their offense. He had a down week. He had a fumble, and he, you know, he, he didn't see the end zone. But nevertheless, he saw a lot of targets. Greg Olson's going to miss some time, and Chris McCaffrey is that favorite target. Okay, so let's move on to the Vikings and Packers. Obviously, you're going to start Cook. Um, he had a great usage last week for his first game back, um, and it can and should go up after hearing what Mike Zimmer had to say about him. Um. Yeah, so Dalvin Cook had 80% of the snaps. Davius Murray had 20. And I think that's a good split. They want to increase his workload. He's the pass-catching back. Um, wasn't that efficient this week. Murray beat him by a smudge. But I wouldn't worry about that too much going forward. I think he's great by low. Yeah, I 100% agree. He's definitely a by low candidate right now. Um, as far as the other side of the field, like Jamal Williams, it's a tough matchup for him. Um, if you have other options, you know, the thing is like, you know, Jamal Williams is going to get touches, but if you have other options that you know will get touches too, I might go there. Um, you never know when this team is a good offense. You never know when they're going to get goal line opportunities. Um, they can get multiple goal line opportunities, which is the upside of having Williams in your lineup. Um, so it's tough. You know, it's going to be a split between him and Montgomery. Um, but this is another game that he probably won't do well in um, that can open up the door for someone like Aaron Jones. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, even Aaron Jones was a top of my waiver priority this week. We didn't see anything we liked out of the Green Bay backfield. He's still available in over 50% of leagues, so if you see him sitting on waivers, definitely go grab him and stash him on your bench. For sure. Um, let's move on to the Chargers and Bills. Um, Melvin Gordon, you're going to start him, right? <laughs> um, Austin Eckler, you know, he's a nice little flex option if you need some upside on your team. Uh, PPR, PPR. Le- PPR League's probably preferred because um, that's where he'll do most of his damage and actually give you a little bit of a floor. Um, LaShawn McCoy, he's a three-down back. He's tough to sit. You know, he did have a few good runs last week that got called back by a penalty because of this terrible offensive line. Um, but with him being the three-down back, he's tough to bench. Um, even with a terrible week last week, you know, against a good defense this week, um, you know, they don't have Joey Bosa this week, but that's more so in the passing. That really affects the passing game more. Uh, but what do you think about McCoy going forward? It was interesting they gave Marcus Murphy so much work right. last week. Um, I don't think that's going to continue. He looked good, though. So Chris Ivory's not necessarily the handcuff. Yeah, I mean, Murphy, Marcus Murphy did look good. Um I think that was more so the game was lost. Exactly. They want to preserve him because he does have a lot of tread on the tires, as you could say. So I, I wouldn't be too worried going forward. This offense is going to look totally different with Josh Allen at the helm this week. So Yeah. Um, moving on to the Texans and Titans. Lamar Miller, um, he's a three-down back. I'm starting him this week. <laughs> um, you know, there's no reason to bench him. Uh, Deion Lewis, I think he's a safer play overall in the Titans' backfield on a, on a you know on a game-to-game basis. He just can't be game scripted out like Derrick Henry can. Yeah. Um, you're gonna take your chances with Henry if you have to. I think his third-round price tag is gonna be proven to be a little bit high for what he's going to give you and their consistency. Um, you know, when they have a more versatile back like Lewis, who is just fine between the tackles as well. So, you know, we thought it was going to be a great game for Henry last week. So I will look for other options, if possible, that aren't as game script dependent as Henry is. Yeah, I mean, Dean Lewis saw 71% of the snaps. Henry was out there for only 29%. Yeah. I mean, I think that'll kind of, like, even out a little bit more this week. But something that's interesting, if you look at, if you listen to the percentages, you get 71 and 29, which means they did not run any two running back sets. Right. So that's something I thought they were going to do a lot. Um but they, they just didn't. So I think it's, it's either Lewis or Henry. And if you go in week to week, Henry's a total matchup-dependent guy. And we thought he would be fine last week, too. That was a good matchup for him. But yep. he played 29% of the snaps. Um, Steelers and Chiefs. You're going to start James Conner. Um, he was the only back to receive 100% of the running back touches last week. Yeah. Um, you got to start Hunt. Um, even with a tough week last week, you know, Spencer Ware was actually not really a factor. Um, he only had a few snaps in that game. Um Hunt, he still played on 71% of the snaps, so I'm not going to panic. You know, Kareem Hunt finished the year last year amazingly, um, and this year he should be fine as well. So I'm not worried. I'm going to play him in what should be a shootout. Okay, uh, moving on to the Jets and Dolphins. Um, so I think Bilal Powell is the guy that I like in the backfield as of right now, even though Crowell broke off that big run. Um, Powell, he's the guy who starts. He plays on early downs. He's also the hurry-up back, the passing-down back. So, you know, Corral has a role on early downs, um, so he's a little bit more game script dependent. Um, and we saw that last week with the Jets up all game long. Um, but even though they were, Powell was still involved in the fourth quarter, running the clock out with Crowell. Um, so I kind of like Ball Powell this week. Should be fine against his Dolphins defense. Something interesting, too, is that they actually had Powell out there to start the game. Yeah. So, um, and he was starting all preseason as well. Exactly. And it was an even snap 
percentage, but like you said, probably matchup dependent on how much we see Crow. Yeah, and you know, Powell is their guy on passing downs, so exactly. he's he's a little bit less risky, I would say. Um, uh, can, as far as the Dolphins side, Kenyon Drake, you know, his usage was still pretty good. So I'm still starting him. Um, Gore did outproduce him on the ground, um, but he did see like a big run. Um, it's encouraging. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Drake still saw almost 75% of the snaps. That's great usage. And with him being involved in both the run and pass game, um, you know, gives him a nice floor every week. And, and with the upside that we saw from him late last year, you know, big runs, big plays, um, just waiting for that first big play from him. Um, it was a weird game last week, you know, so I wouldn't take too much out of it. Um, it was yeah, a rainy game. And I think much better, I mean, just with the delays and all that, like, it's yeah. just ridiculous. It took, like, 10 hours to finish the entire game. Nobody could get into a rhythm. It was just not a good game to, like, really get a lot out of. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a much better, it's going to be a much better matchup this week, too, I think, against the Jets. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. What do you think of, of, of Kenyon Drake? I think he's a good buy low. Um, we wouldn't spend too much on it. I think RB2 makes exactly, sense for him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, RB1 upside, nah, upside, upside, sure. sure. He's got but that he big playability. Is, he, I think he is an RB2 right now. But he's a he's a good RB2. Yeah, if, you got, if you have like guys like, I don't know, Adrian Peterson and Alfred Morris, maybe you package those two guys up and get someone like Kenyon Drake. I think that's a good upgrade, um, especially if you think that Adrian Peterson is going to fall off. Exactly. Um, PPR. Standard, you may want to keep Peterson for those. Maybe. Game script, upside games. Maybe. Drake also has a lot of his value from catching the ball. Right. So. Okay, cool. Um, let's move on to Eagles and Bucks. Um, I'm okay starting JGI this week. He's a little bit game script dependent too, but he's in a good spot this week against the Bucks. Eagles, they have a good defense. Tampa Bay's defense is not good. They're banged up, um, and the Eagles are going to be potentially up in this game. So, obviously, he can see some goal line opportunities this week. Um, so I'm usually not a guy who likes, you know, game script dependent guys, but I think Ajay this week should be okay. How do you feel about Ajay? Are you comfortable? Are you, no. do you feel safe with him? I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to sell him. I, I wanted to sell him after last week, two touchdown game. Listen, you can't depend on touchdowns, you know, and you need guys who are going to put up, who, who are going to get touches because that is what's indicative of what the future is going to hold, not not touchdowns. Um, touchdowns is not an indicator of success, of future success. Opportunity is. And if Ajayi is not going to get any opportunity in the passing game, um, and then you have that mix of a backfield with Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, you know, he's not going to see the snap percentages and the opportunity that we want him to see. So that's the reason why, because of that two-touchdown game, I'm like, if you can get another RB2 that's involved in both the pass and the run game, or maybe you combine him, package him up with some other RB2 or 3, you can get an upgrade, especially after last game. Yeah, great, great sell high candidate. Um, if you're in your standard league, like you said, touchdown dependent, so you can hold on to him if you need to. But if you're selling him high, sell him high. Um, as far as Peyton Barber goes, it's a tough matchup for him. He's their guy right now. Um, I like how many snaps he's playing, uh, but I'm just not liking this particular matchup for him. So speaking about JJ, um, Darren Sproles with a hamstring was actually downgraded to do did not practice on Thursday. Whenever you see so, a downgrade on a Thursday, that, that's not injured. good, and that probably means he's not going to play. Yeah, and he's old, so that hamstring is not going to heal <laughs> <laughs> ever his whole life. But um, so that that can be encouraging that for is. because Darren Sproles got most of the snaps in that first half. They play the Bucks this week. Yep, good. Good match. Yeah, that's definitely could be a, a, could be a positive game. That's definitely an upgrade for Ajay. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, moving on to the Saints and Browns. Um, I would say start Alvin Kamara this week. You think? I think so. What do you think? You think we should start him this week? Yeah. Let's start him. Let's start him this week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start him starting. I'm not really interested in any, you know, Jonathan Williams or Mike Gillisley. Um, that fumble was brutal, huh? He fumbled and then he was out. Goodness. Um, but so I'm not really feeling any of those guys. Mark, when Mark Ingram comes back, then it'll be more of a timeshare. But right now, with how efficient Kamara is, like it's just like it's ridiculous. There's no reason why the Saints don't want him on the field. Um, not really feeling Carlos Hyde in this game. If the Saints get up, um, uh, it's probably more of a Duke Johnson game this week. But still, even if you're not feeling Carlos Hyde, are you feeling Duke Johnson? Because I feel like the game was close last week, and I thought that was that would be a good opportunity to have a lot of short passes to do because of the wind. And I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, and for he sure. Didn't, he just didn't see the targets. He, he didn't. Saw he, the was targets field, it, it was he was on the field, though. He was on the field yeah. a lot. But we saw the targets go to Landry. Yeah. We saw Njoku before he, right. he went down for a little That's bit. True. So do we... Is, is the same Duke Johnson? I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a good concern to have. And I didn't have this concern because we know how much Tyrod liked to check it down to McCoy last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Um, I... I and, and when I say it's more of a Duke Johnson game, I don't necessarily mean that I would start him. No, yeah, no. This is more of a, a strike against Carlos Hyde. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rams Cardinals. Start Gurley. That's my advice. Um, tough matchup for David Johnson. Um, I'm not worried about David Johnson. I mean, the time of possession wasn't there uh, for the Cardinals last week. It was yeah. really bad. Um, and it showed in the box score. You know, those nine targets he got was encouraging. Uh, let's hope he can do a little better, get more production. But, you know, um, I think uh, what's encouraging this week, um, you know, Jalen Richard, he was able to grab a bunch of passes, you know, against the Rams last week. Um, you know, the fact that Marshawn Lynch was able to start the game the way he did, um, their offensive line is better than the Cardinals. But at the same time, I think there's opportunity for David Johnson to have an okay game even against this tough defense. Um, not like you were going to sit him anyway. Uh <laughs> He was, by the way, David Johnson was uh, limited on Wednesday. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. With the back. With the back. Yeah, yeah we, we tried to have brought it up before. Uh, but um, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it unless he doesn't practice today, which I doubt. Um, Patriots and Jaguars, uh, Jeremy Hill, he tore his ACL, so he's going to be out. Um, that leaves James White, Rex Burkhead. Um, Sonny Michelle is expected to play. Sonny Michelle, is, expect, is he expected to play? I, I, I saw that he was getting ready to play, like he was going to play. Um, but if he's expected to play, that's great. It's definitely a downgrade for Rex Burkhead and James White. Uh, but I, I, before I knew that Michelle was going to be in, uh, I did prefer Burkhead's versatility if I had to choose one between him and James White. But in PPR, you can't go wrong with James White. Uh, Burkhead, surprisingly, did have 18 carries last week. Um, he'll be their goal line guy uh, with Hill out. He almost caught a touchdown last week, too. So, you know, if Sony Michelle is out, though, if he doesn't play, which is still possible, um, I think Rex is a start even against this tough Jags defense. Um, Rex Burkhead, by the way, like he was, I think he didn't practice on Wednesday because of a concussion. He did practice today. Um, so we'll see what's up if he's even in the protocol. I have no idea. Um, yeah, um, one thing I brought up about James White last week was that when the slot receiver, so when Edelman and Amendola are out, there's a big increase we see in targets, production, and touchdowns from the running back position. So uh, James White had a really good week last week. He saw a lot of targets. You're going against a tough Jaguar secondary. So I, I think this is another good week to start James White in PPR. you got to take advantage of that while Edelman's out. 
So yeah, and, and we did mention talk about Fournette earlier. Um, you know, and he might not go this week with the hamstring injury. T.J. Yeldon should get most of the snaps in this game. Uh, he's going to be very involved in the passing game at least, and he's a three-down guy, so he, he'll be on the field a ton. DFS, watch out for Corey. Corey, Corey Grant. Corey Grant. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Sneaky, 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 sneaky. real sneaky. Um, sneaky, sneaky. Okay, Broncos and Raiders. Um, right now on the Broncos, it's a three-man backfield as of right now. That can reduce the two, you know, being Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Um, those are the two most talented guys right now by far in that backfield. Devontae Booker is the odd man out in that rotation. But let's not assume that's going to be the case. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Booker lingers longer than we want. Because Vance Joseph is still the coach of that team. Um, you know, we saw uh, last year Booker. C.J. Anderson, Jamal Charles, all involved. And that was a very annoying backfield. And different guys were getting more touches in different games. There was no predictability there until one of them got hurt. Um, But I think this week um, against the Raiders, I think both Freeman and Lindsey are startable for sure. And Freeman's going to be their goal line guy. Um, but Lindsey, he got the same amount of carries as him last week, same amount of production. Yeah, and it was the same exact stat, stat line as far as rushing. That was that was great. But the difference was that Lindsey was able to get some work in the passing game. Yeah, and I think um, looking at the snap percentages, Freeman still led them with 39. Lindsey creeped up and had 35. Booker kind of took a backseat with 26. Um, yeah. I think, uh, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Booker lingers. I think that's going to go down for him, though. We're going to see more of a Freeman-Lindsey split. But uh, looking at game script, I think this is a good week, if any, to start Freeman. Right. And so on the other side of the ball, so against this Broncos run D, Chris Carson was able to do a little bit of damage, but most of his rushing yards last week came in one play after hurdling that dude. Yeah. Um, So that was a big play, but he didn't do much outside of that. So I'm not really feeling Lynch in this game against the Broncos' tough front. Um, Jalen Richard is an interesting name. He had nine targets last week, played well. Um, if he's their only third down and hurry up back, um, he can see some work with this Raiders defense being so bad. Um, so I want to see more out of this backfield before I start him, but he's kind of a name uh, to keep in mind. Yeah, Richard played half of the offensive snaps, which is 14% more than Marshawn Lynch. Um, Richard is definitely a name to keep in mind, someone to pick up if you have, if you have an extra spot in deeper leagues in BPR. Maybe he could even increase his value from there, but likely going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. Probably. Um, moving on to the last game, Bears and Seahawks. Jordan Howard's usage was wonderful. Um, he's yes. starting every week for me. Um, what do you think about Tariq Cohen, though? I mean, his touches weren't quite there last week. Five carries, three receptions on four targets. That's eight touches. You know, not sure he'll be used a ton. I would hope he's being used a little bit more. Uh, going forward, especially in games where they probably, you know, won't be trailing a ton. Like, if they're trailing, I'll pro- I'll, we'll probably see a lot more of Cohen. Um, but, you know, he's a nice and versatile weapon for them, but I'm not sure, like, I feel confident putting him in my lineup right now. Um, upside is always there with him, but how, how, what do you feel on Tariq Cohen going forward? So, something that was interesting about Howard and Cohen, I'm, I went through all the running back snaps, and Howard had 71%. Cohen had 40 So what that really tells me is they had a lot of two running back sets. And one of the things I said... Especially to before, open that game. Exactly. So one of the things I said before the season began is that I called Cohen a bust. 
Um, I think they're going to keep Howard in there on third downs. And if Cohen comes into the game, he's going to have specific plays designed for him. He's a gadget player, right? So if they have Cohen on the field, it might be like a jet sweep. It could be uh, they could line him up on the outside, but I don't think he... He's not Tariq Cohen. I'm sorry, he's not Tariq Cohen. He actually is Tariq Cohen. He's not Tyreek Hill, is what I meant. No, he's not. He's not Tyreek Hill, and um, I'm sure he will be used in kick return. He think he was returning punts. Yeah, I think so. But I'm not too high on him as a consistent option, right. especially. He's gonna, have, he's gonna have his games. Yeah, he, he's gonna have his big games. But it's not gonna be when you start him. He's, a, you know, they have specific plays designed for him, and he'll get his chances in specific moments. But there's a lot of other options. To throw to. I, I just want to point out that. Howard catching five of five of his targets last week is a huge milestone just in his career. Um, yeah. Because if he's going to give you, listen, he's not going to give you five catches every single week. Uh, because that, I think, comes out to what, 80 catches? <laughs> Jordan Howard is an 80 catch guy. But he could get you 40 to 50 catches this year, which is huge in PPR. I mean, that's going to. Standing in front of that machine, the whole offseason works. I mean, you can tell that he's been improving it. Like, that wasn't yes. bullshit. That was real. You know, he he probably would have caught two or three of those balls last year. Um, this year, he's caught all five, and that's really encouraging. That means he's going to stay on the field, and teams can't stack the box because he can just run into the flat and catch a ball, which is huge for his production, huge for the offense in general. Um, now, on the other side of the ball, Chris Carson, you know, he's more startable this week. Um, than he was last week. Uh, Pete Carroll said that Carson is leading that backfield right now, but both him and Penny saw the same exact opportunity yeah. last week. Uh, Carson, he, and this is this is encouraging for Penny because this is a game where Penny may have not played. His fingers still lingering. He they didn't know if they wanted to push him into the game, and he shared starting uh, exactly. shared a starting role with Chris Carson. It's just a matter of time. And he was also more involved in the passing game as well. So Carson so. outplayed Penny in the run game by far, um, but Penny outplayed him in the passing game. Um, and with Doug Baldwin out, yeah, exactly. Now I heard some talk about them possibly moving, possibly moving CJ Prosize to wide receiver, and that would be interesting because that means Penny would be the third down back. Yeah, and he would get a lot more opportunity. And I think he's very capable of playing on third down. So. Um, either way, I'm okay starting Carson. I'm not as okay starting Penny unless you're in a deep PPR league um, because Carson right now, he's just a better back. But I think Penny's a great buy low. Yeah, if you have bench room to stash, like if you're a good team, if your starting lineup mm-hmm. is set. Um, yeah, and you want to get someone on your bench with a lot of upside, exactly. a lot of potential, someone who could take over a big role, especially, you have to realize, if one of these guys get hurt, right. the other guy is going to have RB2 Because they're going to play on every down. Exactly. Um, but yeah, um, that's so. And like I said, it's just a matter of time. You know, you have to monitor if um, CJ. I mean, I'm sorry. If um, Penny starts playing well, um, it's just a matter of time before he's the guy. They, yeah. they invested a first round draft pick in him, and because of the fact that like he's coming off an injury, and like they just throw him out there, same amount of opportunity Carson gets. That's not fair to Carson when you when you look at it that way. But. Penny is the guy that they want on the field. Something else I want to bring up with the Seahawks is that they've been wanting to feature a back ever since Marshawn Lynch left. They've been wanting to have just one guy lead that backfield. I mean, we saw last year they gave everybody a turn. Eddie Lacy, they gave a turn. Chris Carson had his one week where he played. He had 20 carries. Like They want to get one guy in their backfield. They spent a very high draft pick on Penny. Um, and, and as soon as they drafted Penny, Pete Carroll's like, he's three down back. 
He's exactly. a back. Like he, they want it. So. And look at their offensive coordinator. Is it Marty Morningwood? No, no, not, uh, uh, what's his name? Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer. He wants to run. He loves to run. He's gonna keep running. So this is a lot of good signs for those penny hopefuls out there. Exactly. Hey, hey. So we're done. We're done. Hour ten minutes. Not bad. I think last time we were about this a little longer than this actually. So I think we got mm-hmm. through a lot of information in yeah. not that long a period of time. So I, I'm I'm glad with what we did. So. Really appreciate you guys listening to this. If anybody did, um, <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, we We know that there are audio issues here. We know yes. that. We're very aware that there's a little bit of an echo. Um, we apologize. Throughout this podcast, we've been trying to fix it, and we thought that we would get it fixed. Yeah, there's week. been moments where we've paused it, yeah. we pace back and forth yeah. for 20 minutes, and then we come back. I, so, we try to put it blankets over the microphones. We're trying to get it fixed. It'll be fixed. I hope you were able to endure this whole time. We apologize, but we're going to get it fixed. It'll be soon. We're in a temporary situation right now, and it'll be fixed. So thank you so much for joining, for, for, for listening. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I didn't know if this was going to be uh, – we weren't even going to bring that up. We're going to tell them we were in a tunnel the whole time. Oh, yeah. We're actually in a tunnel. So that's yeah. the temporary situation. We're going to move to outside the tunnel next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks a lot, guys. So you can follow uh, me at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, you Lower can follow foot. Joey at Fan- Fantasy Football Analyst. There's a dot in between those words: Fantasy Football Dot Analyst. Uh, great content um, on both uh, on both pages. You know, check it out. Um, you can always DM us and, and comment to kind of like ask questions and. We'll definitely get to them, um, especially if you comment um, yeah. on the posts themselves. Commenting more so DMs. It's a lot easier to answer. Messages there. are flooded. Exactly. It's like, who do you go to? Like, it's like kind of picking out of a hat at this point. Just so you answer one, yeah. you come back, and there's 800 more. Exactly. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I really appreciate it. You can check out OpperHandFantasy.com. Um, I'm going to have to start set article out um, a little bit later today. Um, so you can check that out, um, and it will be updated throughout the weekend. And have a great weekend. Enjoy football tonight. um, And enjoy football this weekend. Take it easy, guys. See ya. See you guys.